Mysterious Circumstances is an American Crimecast production. Remember, everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. I am your host, Justin, and welcome to Mysterious Circumstances Podcast. A.J. Hatzel's family is convinced she was taken against her will. They spent the morning searching again for any signs of her. The family of Angelica Hatzel says their suspicion and new facts surrounding the young woman's disappearance. She was scared of a situation, and we didn't know about it. Scared. A.J. told friends she was on alert and in fear of a certain person in the weeks leading up to March 2nd. That's the last time anyone has seen her. This person supposedly said that he wanted to hang out, and she said she didn't, she didn't think it was a good idea. She was more worried that this person would maybe do something. And this person is the person that we kind of suspect did something. She didn't go on her own. You know, she's not just sitting somewhere happy watching TV, watching this. Text messages sent by AJ in late February are not sitting well with family and friends. She writes, quote, I should probably stop texting him back, followed by, quote, HELP, in all capital letters. Uh, my daughter's missing and it's just destroying the family as far as our emotions. We're going to keep fighting to find her, and that if she's watching this, she better keep fighting too. Because it's not over yet. It's not going to be over until she comes home. The family believes that she was being followed by a white four-door compact car when A.J. disappeared. One neighbor told the family they saw that white car in the family's driveway last Monday. They also say police have recovered the missing teen's debit card and jacket she was wearing. Next, the story still developing. Police found human remains outside a vacant house in Southampton County shortly before 10 this morning. The investigation into the disappearance of... Missing Norfolk teen Angelica A.J. Hatzel led police there. Now, the remains are still not identified. Fifty miles away in Norfolk, a crowd gathered outside A.J.'s Terrellton home Thursday. That's where the teen was last seen by family March 2nd. Since then, countless tips and leads have not led authorities to A.J. While the medical examiner works to identify the human remains, A.J.'s loved ones are hopeful their beloved daughter, sister, and friend is still alive. But regardless of the outcome, the family is desperate for any answers. Norfolk police have not named any suspects so far. Meanwhile, A.J.'s father, Wesley Hetzel, remains in jail with no bond. However, he maintains his innocence. A.J.'s mother told 10 on your side her family has no ties to Southampton County or the home investigators searched. But she did say her husband frequently traveled to Franklin for work at the time of their daughter's disappearance. Breaking news from Southampton County, Chopper 10 shows the scene where human remains were found during the search for missing teen Angelica A.J. Hadsall. Norfolk police say their investigators found the body this morning just before 10 a.m. And as you can see, it's outside of the home and by a shed in the backyard. Neighbors tell us this home has been vacant for two years, but they say they saw a vehicle at the home a few weeks ago. You remember Angelica Hadsall has been missing for more than a month. Norfolk police have searched a park, a wooded area in Chesapeake, and even Isle of Wight County looking for the team. Today's search here in Southampton County led them to the remains, but police have not yet confirmed whether or not they belong to A.J. Hatzel. It has been 38 days since the 18-year-old here from Norfolk, a freshman at Longwood University, went missing while home on spring break. The family tells me it has been 38 days of pain. Yeah, right now within the past half hour here, we have learned that the remains found outside a home in Southampton County have been positively identified as those of missing 18-year-old Angelica A.J. Hatzel. Following the story here at Wavy since A.J. disappeared on March the 2nd. Since that day, 39 days ago, police have followed countless leads and tips, all that have turned up nothing. Yesterday, we got word that they were searching outside a home in Franklin. We do know that that body is A.J. Hatzel. We do not know right now the cause of death. It was tragic that this happened. It was tragic. It's the news the Hatzel family feared the most. That her life was taken. 39 days after 18-year-old A.J. Hatzel vanished from her Norfolk home comes confirmation. A body found outside this home in Franklin Thursday is that 
of the missing teen. And I watched, I watched the news every day, hoping they could find her alive. She was always somebody you could count on, you know, and she was always cheerful. There's anger, there's sadness, uh, there's a lot of healing that needs to be taking place, uh, but there's still a lot of unanswered questions uh, to who, how, and what, and those are the important questions that we need answered for the family. Moran says the family does not know what brought investigators to the home in Southampton County or what happened to her. For now, family and friends are leaning on one another, their hearts filled with pain. She was always polite, respectful to everybody. Nobody had no bad words. You can't say nothing bad about her. And while they wait for answers, those closest to AJ are remembering the woman they so desperately wanted to bring home alive. Family and friends gathered today at a memorial service for AJ Hadsel. Search crews found her body in Southampton County last week. Police still have not said if they suspect if foul play was involved. The Norfolk Medical Examiner's Office is investigating how she died. We learned today that AJ's body was cremated. With so many questions, family and friends took this morning to say goodbye. A line stretched out the building of friends and neighbors, wrapping their collective arms around the family that's still coming to terms with a life cut short, and a mother looking for answers. AJ's life remembered by the words of loved ones and pieces of her life spread out in the room. A life that cannot have closure for the family until the investigation ends. There's questions to be answered about what happened to Angelica, and I think... That's what needs to happen. They want to know who, how, when, and what. And I think once we start uh, getting some answers to that, it's going to, it can really start the door, open the door a little bit more. We spoke with Norfolk Police this afternoon. They said they're awaiting toxicology tests before they'll release more information on the cause of Hadsel's death. Today marks one year since Angelica A.J. Hadsel vanished. Police later found the teen dead, but even with all the time that's passed, what happened in the final moments of her life remains very much a mystery. This is a missing persons case that turned into a death investigation. An investigation with no confessions, no charges, no suspects. March 2nd, 2015, that's the last time anyone saw A.J. Hansel alive here near her home in the Terrellton neighborhood of Norfolk. 38 days later and more than 50 miles away, Investigators say they found the 18-year-old's remains behind this rural home in Franklin. A tragic end to a search that captivated the nation. She was home in Norfolk on spring break when she vanished. Jennifer Hadsel says she believes text messages sent from her daughter's phone in the two days following her disappearance were being answered by someone else. Then communication cut off altogether, never reconnected. Loved ones and complete strangers tried to bring A.J. home safe. In the midst of the search, Norfolk police arrested A.J.'s adoptive father, Wesley Hatzel. He admitted to 10 on your side in one of several interviews from jail that he broke into a home to investigate his daughter's mysterious absence and found a key piece of evidence, the jacket she was last seen wearing. You have nothing to do with the disappearance of Angela. Yes, sir. I can say with 100% confidence. Weeks went on with countless searches. They all turned up nothing. Then, an unthinkable discovery. The family tells me it has been 38 days of pain. Today, what could be a major break in this case. The next day, April 10th, the medical examiner positively identified the remains found here in Southampton County as Angelica Hadsel. Two months later in June, we learned she died of acute heroin poisoning, but how she died was ruled undetermined. AJ would never do anything, any sort of drugs like that at all, wouldn't even go near it. And I think the biggest unknown is was she murdered. Jennifer Hadsel says she kicked Wesley out of their house one week before AJ's disappearance for using drugs. Corslin tells 10 on your side GPS coordinates from Hadsel's work truck put him just feet from the home where AJ's body was found. Raises suspicion. I, I can't deny that. But again, nobody knows what happened inside that house. No matter how fast the charges are brought and the trial is done, nothing's going to bring her back. Get it right so that the person responsible is held accountable for what they did. To the girl who hates those hot dog leg selfies and just wants to snap up a hot deal. Oh, there's another one. Hashtag rest assured at summer girl 38 message received.
Enter the working man who hasn't had a vacay in what feels like forever. It's just been so busy. That Rest I... assured, Busy B, I got you. Please don't call me that. Whatever you're planning this summer, for a better rate, make it Maldron. Join now and save 10 euro at MaldronHotels.com. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, without further delay, let's get this show on the road. What you just listened to was some news clippings from news reports of uh, basically a timeline of how everything unraveled with this case. It is definitely a very interesting case, and if you did not get it by now, we're going to be talking about the mysterious disappearance and death of Angelica A.J. Hadsel. There's not too much known on the backstory. This is a very, very recent case. It's definitely, definitely very interesting as well. There's a lot of stuff going on in this one. So basically how I'm going to do this is I'm going to lay out a timeline of events, then hit you with some facts, then we can kind of dive into some theories. So I hope you uh, already got a couple sips off that beer and are ready to go. And here we go. In early March, A.J. Hadsel, she was known as A.J., her real name was Angelica, uh, was at home uh, during spring break. She was an athlete. She was known to play softball and, I believe, field hockey when she was in high school. Uh, There is some dispute on whether or not she actually went to to college to uh, Longwood to play softball or not. We're not 100% sure on that. Uh, We do know that she did attend there, and we do know that she played softball there. And this will play a factor in the facts when we get to the fact of whether or not she was actually an NCAA athlete. Basically, there's a lot of conflicting stories. So here's how it goes. On March 2nd, A.J. Hadzel, like I said, was visiting home uh, with her mother, Julie, and her father, Wes. Uh, They lived in Norfolk, Virginia. She actually attended college at Longwood University, which was almost directly to the west of Norfolk, Virginia. And for those of you who don't know, that is right uh, on the west side of Virginia Beach, which obviously is on the far uh, east coast of Virginia. She was supposedly last seen by her parents between 12 p.m. and 2 p.m. And by her parents, from what I could gather, like I said, there's a lot of different conflicting stories on this, so you're going to get different stories. They don't know whether or not the last time she was seen was 12 p.m. or the last time she was seen was 2 p.m. Now, this does play a factor because... And her eventual disappearance, there that leaves either a 20-minute window or a two-hour window in which she could have disappeared. Now, according to her father, Wesley Hadsel, she the last contact he had with her was at home, and she had asked him to borrow a couple hundred dollars. For what, we don't know. She was a college kid. There's a lot of speculation on what she borrowed the money for, and we'll get we'll get into that. Um So it was either 12 p.m. or 2 p.m., somewhere in between there. The next sighting that we have supposedly is by a neighbor, and it was from earlier that morning on March 2nd. Now, you're going to hear two different things. You're either going to hear that the neighbor saw her driving her her truck. She drove a, I believe it was a maroon F-150. It looked like an early 2000 model. Uh, had the had the rounder body on it. Now this neighbor supposedly saw her driving, quote unquote, with purpose, uh, in the direction of her house. Now this person also stated, oddly enough, that there was a white four door car following her anywhere from fifteen seconds behind her to one minute behind her. Um. This is important because Wesley Hansel actually claims that he saw the same car in their driveway. Now, I don't know if he was in the house when he saw saw this car. I don't know if he was driving by the house when he saw this car. But it is stated that he also saw this car. Uh, Now, for me personally... If I see any vehicle following another vehicle, like a minute behind, I'm not going to think anything suspicious. That's just me. 
Uh, now, if this car was straight up riding their ass, yeah, that would be kind of weird. And if I saw somebody like her obviously driving fast, um, I would think that was weird. When somebody says they see another person driving with a purpose, uh, that's kind of stupid to me. And just because of the fact of I don't drive to have fun, I usually drive because there's a purpose to it. So I don't exactly understand what they're saying by uh, they saw her driving with a purpose. Now, this was supposedly around 7 a.m. or so, between 6 and 7 a.m. Now, this is one report that I had read from one witness that was a neighbor. So take that as you will. And the whole white car thing you know, Wesley Hadsel could have heard that and honestly added on to it, you know, said, oh, yeah, I saw that car in my driveway. We don't know. That's just, I've read that in more than one place, but just take that with a grain of salt. After the encounter at home with Wesley Hadsel, her adoptive father, that was supposedly the last time she was seen alive. Although she did, according to her mother, communicate via text until about 5.30 a.m. on March 3rd, 2015. After that, her phone was shut off. I believe it was right around an hour after the last text message was sent. The phone was shut off and eventually the phone is still not accounted for. And the reason this plays a factor is because her mother, Julie, believes that the text messages were not her daughter. She knows how her daughter is. She knows how she acts. She knows what she kind of stuff she says. She does not think that obviously she can't prove it 100%, but she does not feel that those text messages were coming from her daughter. So keep that little fact right there in the memory banks for a little bit later because it's still going to get very, very, very interesting. So after not hearing from her uh, the entire day and the entire evening and realizing that her phone is either shut off or broken, uh, on the night of March 3rd at, at about 9.15 p.m., she is officially reported missing. The, the authorities actually handled this case fairly well, in my opinion. They were on it. They were on it. They, they took this very, very seriously, and I do give them the utmost respect for the way that they handled this. Now, on March 4th, some neighbors and friends that were searching the neighborhood for AJ found her credit card cut up in a little, in about two blocks, I believe it was two blocks. Yeah, it was about uh, two blocks east of where she lived. They really did not find anything else. Now, also on March 4th, Wesley Hazel is kicked out of his house that he shared with his wife, Julie, for apparently using drugs and drug of choice would have been heroin from everything that I could have read. This is pretty much a straight up fact. Uh, at this point, he goes and lives a little bit west of Norfolk, uh, just outside of the city at a Best Western. This is a little bit southwest, I believe, of the home. Um, now, on sometime between March 6th and 8th, Wesley Hadsel, the father of A.J. Hadsel, who has actually been extremely involved in the search for his daughter, he has given numerous interviews, including one on a podcast uh, about, you know, just searching for his daughter and all this good stuff. Uh, between the dates of March 6th and 8th, I could not get an absolute date. He breaks in to somebody's home who the family believes might be a suspect in her disappearance. Now, while he's in this home, he states in a jail interview that he could not sit around anymore and wait for information to try to find his daughter. So he breaks into this house because he, from what his family and uh, some of AJ's friends have said, this is 
a main suspect in the case. Now he goes in there and for apparently about 20 minutes ransacks this house like a fucking madman. Uh, I mean, from all accounts, he, you know, just rips shit apart and he ends up finding a uh, AJ's jacket rolled up behind one of the couch cushions. Now there's a couple different theories on this. Um, we'll get this, you know, we'll get into this more in the facts and the theory sections, but um, it is debated that that evidence was actually planted by him before he initially broke into the house while the members of the family were there. Um, and at one point in time, it is stated that he was so frustrated while he was digging through this house for evidence that he actually punched the family dog in the face. You know, that's neither here nor there, but I did read that, and apparently that is fact. So he finds this coat that belonged to his adoptive daughter rolled up and tucked behind one of the couch cushions. Now... How he got this information, like I had stated, is from AJ's friends and some of her younger younger cousins, stuff like that. One in particular, yes, I do know her name. No, I'm not going to say it. If you want to know it, you can look it up. But she had stated that this person was a person of interest. We will come more into that into the facts. So a little bit of time passes, and obviously uh, he was not arrested for this breaking in and a recharge. Uh, I think he was talked to about it at this point in time. Not a hundred percent sure how that all went down, but they do know that he did this right around this time period. Now, afterward, there's ex extensive searches just all around the area, um, right about this time as well. Uh, there is a quote-unquote sighting of her at Virginia Commonwealth University, which is about two hours almost directly northeast of Norfolk, or northwest, I should say, of Norfolk, Virginia. Um, now, whether or not this was substantiated, I do not know. It was not 100% confirmed, and that really bothers me because that would definitely play a factor when we get to the theory section but it should be noted that there was a sighting of her supposedly at Virginia Commonwealth University a few days after her initial disappearance on the 3rd of March so no new no news really arises between about the 8th till about the 21st now what happens on the 21st is a whole entire shitstorm of drama. Now if you remembered me saying, Julie kicked AJ's dad out, Julie being AJ's mom, kicked Wesley Hansel out of the house for using drugs. This drug was heroin. Now this happened just a few days after AJ's disappearance while well, he was staying at the Best Western. Well. After this whole breaking and entering thing, when they finally found out that it was him that, that did it, they go and arrest him at the Best Western. And what they find in his hotel room is 80 rounds of ammo to a 40 cal uh, handgun and a 9mm handgun. Now, why this is important is because... Wesley Hadsell has a very extensive criminal history. Uh, he is a convicted felon a few times over, and one of those felonies includes bank robbery. And he was also indicted on rape and kidnapping charges uh, back in 2005. We will get more into this into the facts, but that's why the, the cops finding this ammo was very, very important. Now, what they officially charged him with were six charges. Uh, three of these charges were breaking and entering, uh, possession of ammunition by a felon, and obstruction of justice because the cops who had heard that this person was a suspect 
who, you know, Wes broke into their house, uh, they basically considered that interfering with the police investigation, so they charged him with obstruction of justice. Now, this happened on the 21st of March. I will say this. Um, he is, Wesley Hazel is actually still in prison to this day because he ended up getting convicted to a couple counts, but he actually ended up getting sentenced to about 20 years in prison. So this, as this story unfolds, um, you're going to see there's a lot of, lot of little things included on this. So the case goes totally dormant. Um, the family still holds a lot of hope that she is alive, even though this is very, very unlike her. When she was on spring break, she literally only had, I think, 12 days worth of classes left to go back to, uh, to finish her freshman year of college. So she was a very happy-go-lucky, outgoing person. She's not the person who was just going to run away. So despite all that, her family still held a lot of hope that she was out there. Now, Cops are getting a lot of tips around this time, uh, up until early April, and that include um, a river or a lake, I believe, in uh, the Isle of Wight. They search that and find absolutely nothing, but there is a specific reason that they searched this area. Now, this area is just uh, west of Norfolk, and they searched this area because they got an anonymous tip that they might have seen something related to a white van or truck in the area. And the reason this is important is because Wesley Hadsell actually works for a plumbing company and their company vehicles are white vans. Now I will say this, I did hear vans and I did hear trucks. I heard both. Most plumbers I, I've seen driving any kind of vehicle, they're usually cargo cargo style vans so common sense wise that's personally what I'm gonna go with um, and also while neighbors are being interviewed or asked if they might have seen this vehicle around the area they they catch on to a little bit of discussion from the cops uh, we'll get a little bit more into this, not to tease you, but we'll get a little bit more into this in the facts section. But just keep keep that bit of information, the whole search around the Isle of Wight, keep that bit of information in the memory banks. Because when we get to the facts, it's going to fucking play a very important factor. Now, they search this area, they really don't find anything, okay? So, going on a tip... Cops decide to search an abandoned house. Now, I believe they started this search at roughly uh, sometime in the night on April 8th. Uh, they are searching the wooded areas around and behind, behind this house, which is located in Franklin, Virginia. Uh, it is very, very rural. There's not very many neighbors. Now about this property if you go and ask a bunch of amateur web sleuths which there's actually a website for these people which there is a lot of knowledge on there do not get me wrong but you hear a lot of back and forth about how rural this place was for future reference when we get to the facts i just want you to know that there is a neighbor almost directly across the street, probably about a hundred yards away. This will play a factor in the facts. So remember that. This is not totally country. This is not oh, totally surrounded by Woods House that doesn't have a neighbor for two miles. Alright. There is a neighbor almost directly across the street. Driveway to driveway. House to house. It's about a hundred yards. So just remember that. Now the search resumes at 8 a.m. on April 9th. Now at a little bit before 10 a.m. on April 9th, 2015, police discover the body of a young lady. She is not in this abandoned house. 
She is surrounded by waist-high grass back behind the house laying up against a shed that is literally so close to the house it could almost be attached if it wanted to. It's a very small shed. Um, the reason that search crews did not find this when they were searching the night before or early in the morning is because they were solely concentrating on the area, uh, the wooded area behind and around this house. Uh, this house is abandoned. It had been abandoned for two years. The owner lives out of state and from everything I've read, the owner was perfectly, perfectly clear. He had, he didn't know what the hell was going on until somebody called him and said, Hey, we found this freaking dead girl, you know, at your house. There are a lot of rumors out there that this house was possibly a drug house. Uh, it was an abandoned house where people could go to use drugs. Now that is neither confirmed nor denied. I've heard, I've heard that it was. So it is a possibility that this was possibly a drug house. Now they weren't a hundred percent sure that it was AJ until April 10th, 2015 when the body was positively identified as Angelica AJ Hadsel. Um, and of course the news went crazy because of a little fact of roughly about two weeks after Wesley Hansel got arrested at the Best Western uh, for the breaking and entering and the obstruction of justice and the possession of ammunition, two weeks after he had been arrested, an occupant in the hotel room had reportedly found heroin in the room. Now, Wesley was actually charged with this as well. It should be noted, though, that the room was actually rented out after he had left and that is actually his defense's argument that they can't actually prove that it was his he does have the charge or he did have the charge uh, before he actually got sentenced uh, but that was in the list of charges so keep that in the memory banks because they don't know AJ Hadsel's cause of death yet there's no shot, there's no shots, there's no stab wounds, there's no nothing. Now from what I understand, they're actually, the timeline from when she died to when her body was found, from what I could find, she actually was dead pretty much the entire time of her disappearance. I did not read or hear anything otherwise. I did read that in one place. I didn't read anything else, so I gotta take that as I can. Now on June 26th of 2015, toxicology reports come back, and it states that the cause of death is acute heroin poisoning. AJ Hadsel was an athlete who every friend and every family member who had ever known this girl said that she would never ever do something like this. Now this is where whether she was an NCAA athlete comes into play or not. You will hear that there's no way she could have been on drugs because the NCAA requires just crazy drug testing. Well here's a little fun fact to throw in your spokes. It's that the NCAA drug tests but it's not 100% confirmed whether or not AJ played NCAA softball. There's a thing called intramural club softball, which is what you play before you can actually get on the NCAA team. Now, club softball, from what I understand, is what she was actually playing. Club softball does not require any drug tests. And the reason this is important is because... The cause of death is acute heroin uh, poisoning, which is just a fancy word for overdose, just for those of you who are wondering. Uh, but the means of death was undetermined, which means they cannot specifically say it was murder, accidental, or suicide. Now, I don't know if this was because of decomposition, state of the body, whether there were needle marks or not. There's no real specifics on 
the autopsy because this is such a new case and still an ongoing investigation. So I can't really tell you anything about that. There's only speculation and hearsay and all that other bullshit. And we roll on straight facts here, people. So cause of death, we know what that is. Means of death, we do not. Keep in mind, she was an athlete. She was an extremely outgoing, just absolutely beautiful person, just inside and out from everything that I've read and everything that I've heard. So it is speculated that there is absolutely no way that she would willingly take this drug. Now, with all those facts, actually not even the facts yet, this is where we get into the fun part. That's basically the case in a timeline. Now, if you were listening to about the first 10 minutes of the show, you kind of caught that in the news clips. But here's where we start getting into some facts. Okay, first off, let's just say this. Angelica's cousin, specifically, yes, I know her name, no, I'm not going to say it, has stated in numerous interviews, and this actually goes along with a couple of uh, AJ's friends, what's, who's Angelica, like I had stated, um, a couple of AJ's friends actually confirmed this as well, that in the weeks leading up to her disappearance, AJ was very, very uncomfortable with a male that she had been in contact with. In several text messages to her friend, you can hear her, you can see her, she's saying stuff like, you know, I really need to stop talking to this guy. You know, help. You know, he makes me feel so uncomfortable. Um, I really don't want to be around him. I have tried to dig up information on whoever this person might be. I cannot find any information. Now, this would probably play a factor in what Wesley Hadsell, her father, did on the breaking and entering when I had said that this was a potential suspect or a person of interest in this case, and he knew it, so he went and ransacked the house looking for evidence. And that came from his own mouth. In several jailhouse interviews he has done, he has stated that that's the reason he went over there and did it, because he was a father in distress. And I will say this, that guy literally was on the ground helping in any possible way that he he could, uh, searching for his daughter. He is quoted as saying, you know, he loved her and she was literally the glue of the entire family. So who AJ Hadsel might have been talking about in those text messages, we do not know. But her family, like I said, her mother does not believe that those text messages were actually coming from her. Um, she thinks that it might have been somebody else on the other end of that phone. Now, she doesn't know 100%, but mother's intuition is a mother's intuition like if i texted my mom and didn't drop the f-bomb at least once in a conversation she would think something is wrong all right she would probably call the cops because that's how my mom is so you have family members and you have friends that both confirm that there was a person of interest that aj had been in contact with that she had fear of that she did not want to be around, that she did not feel comfortable being around. That's where this white four-door car comes into play, that neighbors said they saw following her home. This is also the same white four-door car that was stated was seen in her driveway by her father, Wesley Hadsel, when he had last seen her when she was asking for money. I could not find any other real reports about this car, but it should be a known fact that Wesley Hadsel's brother apparently owned a white four-door car at the time. Now, you know, according to all documents that I could find, he was working at the time that this took place. So he was not specifically a person of interest. It was just a shitty, shitty coincidence. But it is a fact, and you guys do have to know that. You know, this person could have potentially been obsessed or in love with AJ and taken it to an absolute extreme. Uh, why this person would shoot her up with heroin, I do not know. 
you know, we can get to that into the theory section. But, you know, it is a, it is a very small point of interest. Also, Wesley Hansel claims that some of the text messages to his wife, Julie, that night were AJ asking where she could get some heroin. Now, this is totally unconfirmed by anybody but Wesley Hadsel. Now, I would think by 2015 era, you could be able, you know, if you were the cops or something like that, depending on what phone you had, you would be able to look up actual deleted text messages. So I have not heard anything about any of this being true, but it is something that Wesley Hadsel kind of threw out there. Now, what makes this interesting was because this is why AJ supposedly borrowed this money off of Wesley, Wesley, because she needed a couple hundred bucks to score some heroin to get a fix, because according to Wesley in those text messages, she was starting to get physically ill and actually was to the point where she had a physical dependency on the drug. Um... This would also go back to our NCAA, uh, whether or not she played NCAA softball or she played club softball, because everybody's like, she was an athlete. There's no way she could have been on drugs without the NCAA knowing. But from everything that we could find, she actually didn't play NCAA softball. She played club softball, which does not require any, uh, any kind of drug testing whatsoever. So technically she probably could have been on heroin for a while and nobody really have known the difference, even though her close friends and relatives say, you know, there's, there's no way she could have been on this drug. We would have known, blah, blah, blah. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. If you want to hide it bad enough, sometimes you can. I'll be, that's straight up no bullshit. If you want to hide it, you can. Now, the whole physical dependency on it kind of bothers me because that would mean she would actually have to have been doing this drug for quite some time. Now, where that comes into play is the fact of her cause of death, acute heroin poisoning. We don't want to focus on the word poisoning because that's just a fancy word for overdose. The word acute is the word that we want to concentrate on because acute and chronic are two different things. Chronic would be uh, an everyday user, which is what AJ would have had to have been in order to actually get that physical dependency on the drug. Now, I've literally heard anything from four days to two weeks of almost everyday use of this drug in order to gain the physical dependency of it to where if you didn't get it you would you would get physically sick and vomit and stuff like that and just you know feel like shit to where you actually need it acute on the other hand is something that somebody could do for maybe a couple days or even one time and die from it so you need to keep that word in your memory banks all right acute heroin poisoning not chronic heroin poisoning so if what Wesley Hadsel is saying is true, there's a good possibility, you know, that obviously, you know, maybe she had a drug problem. Now, everybody from, you know, college is like, there's no way she was so outgoing and funny and like her, the personality just lit up the room. But at the end of the day, people, you never know what personal demons people are dealing with when they look at you and smile. She could have had some deep-seated shit going on and nobody would have even known the difference. She did not have a normal childhood. She, her biological father from everything I read was not in the picture. Um, she had another father that pretty much raised her and then Wesley Hadsel took off in the, uh, the later years and actually adopted her. So, you know, that does come into play in the facts. Um, other than that, um, you have the Wesley Hadsel factor. Now, there's a lot of facts about Wesley Hadsel. So hang on to this, okay? Wesley Hadsel has 
an extremely extensive criminal history. And it stems back, the furthest I went was about 2005. Wesley Hansel is accused of kidnapping and raping his then wife, who shall remain unnamed. We'll call her Jane Doe. According to the court reports, he kidnapped and raped her through three different states. And I believe it was Florida and Georgia and then up to the Virginia area. It's hard to say because there were points where you believe that she had chances to get away where it wasn't entirely um, kidnapping and rape, but those were the official charges. So what happens is in about 2005, he ends up in Virginia Beach. In 2005, he also gets caught robbing a bank in Fredericksburg. We do know that his then wife was still around the area. Uh, she was actually known to that day have bought a tow ring because I didn't know people still wore tow rings, but apparently she, she did buy one of these. So she was in the area with him, but Wesley Hansel gets caught robbing a bank in Fredericksburg and ends up getting four and a half years. Now with this charge of the bank robbery, those other charges were dropped. So those really never came to light because they went for the bank robbery charge because that's how awesome our US judicial system is, is because you can get charges dropped and shit like that. Pisses me off, be honest with you, but whatever. He does four and a half years in prison and when he gets out, that's about the time that he meets uh, A.J. Hadsell's mom because he actually stays in the area. Now, he ends up getting a job for a plumbing company there in Norfolk. Now, this plumbing company drives, from what I'm assuming, I like I said, I've heard vans and trucks. I'm going with vans. White cargo-style vans. Now, where this comes into play is that when I told you the police had searched the Isle of Wight area... There's a specific reason that they searched that area. When Wesley Hansel got kicked out of his house a couple days after her initial disappearance, he was living at a Best Western just west of Norfolk. Now, his job takes him all around the area, and that would include the Isle of Wight area, and that would also include the Franklin area. Now, his wife Julie had stated that he had been working in the Franklin area about the time, you know, say that AJ had gone missing and up until a week or two after she had gone missing. Now, the reason the cops were searching this Isle of Wight area is because they got a ping from AJ's cell phone on a tower there. So they go around and start asking neighbors. They show one local resident this van which is a neighbor of where they were searching and where that almost exact spot where that cell cell phone tower ping went they they ask him have you seen this and they're like well yeah i seen that van here you know just you know a few weeks back and remember that this is actually a couple to few weeks after she had disappeared now what makes this also interesting is this ping off of the cell phone tower apparently happened at 8 a.m. on March 3rd. March 3rd is the day after she had gone missing in roughly two and a half hours after last contact with her mother. Now, like I had said, at this point in time, I do believe that Wesley Hansel is still living in the house with his wife, Julie. She had not kicked him out yet. But at 8 a.m. on that day that she was reported missing, you know, a couple hours after she was last spoken to via text and her phone was turned off, there's a ping on a tower exactly where locals had said they saw a white cargo van in the area. Could it be coincidence? I don't know. But we can keep looking into it. So when that tip really didn't get them anywhere, that is literally what made him an, a person of interest, I want to say, for the first time. But come to find out, 
Wesley Hadsell's GPS in his work van shows him a few feet away from the house where her body was found. Now this is in Franklin and he was doing work in that area, all around that area and this, her body was actually found about 60 miles or a little bit over an hour drive straight west and a little bit south of Norfolk, Virginia, where she had lived. Now, apparently he covered this entire area uh, working for this plumbing company. So they start asking neighbors, hey, have you seen this truck in this area? Neighbors say, yeah. Here's the deal. There is only one neighbor in the area, and like I had stated earlier, they are directly a little bit northeast from driveway to driveway, maybe about 100 yards away. Now these people say that they had seen this van in the area driving by very slowly and had actually seen it a couple of weeks after she had initially disappeared. Now these people also say that they saw this van at around midnight. Same people and the same people at the uh, Isle of Wight location also said that they see a either dark green or dark blue a cargo style van. I have not heard anything else about this van, whether it was a vehicle of interest or anything of that nature. So take that with a grain of salt. So the thing that really bothers me is the time that these folks say they saw. They said they saw these vans, whether it was the white one or the, uh, the dark green or dark blue one at about midnight or so. Now I can, I can definitely understand getting skewed on your colors late at night but you can tell a big difference between uh you know dark blue or white or dark green and white and the fact that at the location in franklin there literally only is one neighbor that could see the driveway where this van would have slowed down to drive by or actually pulled into the house now this neighbor did say they saw this white cargo van pull into the house and like i had said within a couple of weeks his work van GPS puts him in the location of the crime or not even the crime where her body was found so that does raise a lot of suspicion now the fact that his defense lawyer just tried to get the heroin charge dropped because the room was rented out after he had been arrested and the heroin was not found until a couple weeks later does play does play a factor. Let me grab a drink of beer here. Now that does play a factor, but we do know that he was doing heroin, obviously, because that's what his wife kicked his ass out of the house for. Like I had said earlier, AJ Hadsel had died of acute heroin poisoning, meaning she was not a regular user. This was probably within the first week or two of her actually abusing the drug, if not one time, whether it was willingly or unwillingly. There was heroin in her body, and that is what killed her. So there's a couple of of facts about Wesley Hadsel that you, that you definitely got to keep in mind. Now, another fun fact is the, the road. Now, from Norfolk to the Isle of Wight, you can take one road, and that's 258. If you take a turn and start heading southwest, that'll take you right into Franklin. If we sit here and actually actually do it from her home to where the body was found, like I said, was 60 miles, and it was a little over an hour drive. But every route that I took on Google Maps said that there are toll roads. Now, if this is true, toll roads usually always have a person, and they always have cameras. There was no such any kind of video evidence of either him or her driving on any toll road. So that would beg the question that there were probably back roads involved. Now the cell phone ping from March 3rd, 8 a.m. right around the Isle of Wight area where we saw the, the vehicle that matched Wesley Hadsel's work van uh, where the search crews were dispatched uh, that is actually about 18 miles northwest, or actually northeast of Franklin, and that is about a 20 to 28 minute drive. From there to f where uh, she actually lived was about 10 miles, and that was about 15 to 18 minutes or so. 
Now, it should be known that her vehicle was in the driveway. Her vehicle was not taken. She did not take it. So that means that she was with somebody and that she trusted somebody enough to get into a vehicle and willingly leave. Who that person was, we do not know. So that pretty much is roughly all the facts, except for one. In an interview about two weeks after her initial disappearance, Wesley Hadsell does something of, of interest. He, when he is doing this interview for this podcast, um, I can't remember the name of the podcast. I, I You can find it online. Um, look it up. Listen to it. I personally didn't listen to it. But he does something that even the cops, cops thought were weird. Now, this is three weeks before her body was found. She was missing for, I believe, 39 days before it was actually identified as her. He refers to her in the past tense. And he doesn't just do it once. He does it repeatedly. Now, obviously, why this is of interest is because nobody knows that A.J. Hadsell is dead at this point in time, but he repeatedly refers to her in the past tense. So that right there is a little fact that should be known. And the cops actually found this so interesting that they called up the lady who does the podcast and asked her if there was any additional footage that she did not air on the podcast in which she actually referred to no she said i aired everything it's i kept nothing out so that is a very very interesting little fact so with all that stuff being known let's kind of uh jump into the theory section theory section obviously there's not too many but we do have the unknown suspect that might have been obsessed or in love with her or she might have been in a relationship with with which she was stated to have a boyfriend and he was totally cleared of everything but i do believe if this other person that her family and friends were referring to i do not believe that he was a relationship in a relationship with her i believe it was more of an obsession i totally discount this theory because yeah she might have been followed by an unknown white four-door car but if she was that scared of this person i really don't think that she would have trusted this person enough to get in a vehicle with them because like i had said her vehicle was still at the house now there is always a chance of an abduction and why I don't think there was an abduction here was because depending on the conflicting stories of her last time being seen alive, it only left a 20 minute to a two hour window in which her other sibling got home. That is definitely enough time for an abduction, obviously, but there were no signs of an abduction. There were no signs on her body. There were no signs in the house. There was no signs of any kind of struggle or fight back whatsoever. So I totally personally discount this theory. Um, it is an interesting one and yeah, maybe in the future stuff will come out, you know, that I don't know about yet. You know, it, you know, my theory might change. But as of right now, with the facts I have, I really don't see that as plausible. The only thing I do see as plausible is that Wesley Hansel was involved somehow. Here recently, there has been a jailhouse snitch who had actually came forward to authorities and said, Wesley Hansel admitted to me that he was involved in his daughter's uh, death. I kind of disregard these jailhouse snitches for basically one reason because somebody who's in prison probably wants to get out of prison and they're going to look for any way possible to get out of prison okay but on the other hand you also have to think there's not there's only one or two things worse that you can be in prison than a fucking snitch all right if you're going to lay your ass out there on the line as being a snitch you better come with some real facts and you better have some real fucking proof. Otherwise, you're probably not going to last that long. So there's definitely two sides of a road to that. I'm not even going to lie. Whether or not he was 
meaning Wesley, was directly involved in a per se murder? I can't really say. I do think he was involved, yes, but personally, I think it was an accident. Obviously, his work truck was there. He says in many, many interviews that somebody is trying to set him up. But at the end of the day, who's going to set him up? And that goes back to him actually planting the rolled up jacket that she had in the cushion. You know, because a lot of speculations say, oh, he went and set that thing in there like a day or two beforehand, then went in and ransacked it and totally found it. You know, that's neither here nor there. Personally, I don't foresee that happening because literally this freaking guy was so involved in her search that it was almost, almost overwhelming. And yeah, sometimes that is a sign. Hey, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to deter, you know, speculation or guilt or whatever, you know, maybe, you know, trying to make everybody look the other way, but it is, you know, still a fact that you have to consider. Now her cut up credit card you know, was actually found just uh, just east of her house, which is in the total opposite direction of where her body was found, where the cell phones were pinging off of the towers. So that right there is kind of an interesting question. Now, I will say this. Her credit card uh, was found. It was cut up, but it was actually found en route to a 7-Eleven. But it was only, like I said, the credit card was only found a couple blocks away from her house, uh, either on the street or on the side of the street, and it was found by a friend who was involved in the search for her. So you gotta, you know, that that's kind of weird, don't get me wrong, but that could also be used to, like I said, uh, deter direction, you know. Hey, she went this way, when all in all honesty, you know, her body was found the total opposite direction. Do I think Wesley had soul? might have been in love with her or obsessed with her you know that could go both ways maybe he was but in all honesty you know maybe it was just strictly platonic maybe he just loved her like a daughter you know it's it, that that right there is throwing a lot of shit in the air that i don't really want to throw into the air so you guys can speculate on that all you want to i'm probably not going to touch that in my theory I will say I personally think it was an accident. We do know his work van was there, whether it was him driving it or not. Her phone, her cell phone, was never recovered. Literally, search crews, after they found the body, were looking for this phone for so long. And when they were out at the Isle of Wight, that's what they were looking for, too. They were not only looking for a body, but they were looking for that cell phone. Same thing at the Franklin location where her body was actually found. They were looking for that cell phone anywhere they could find it because that cell phone actually pinged off of a tower that was on the road between Isle of Wight and Franklin. Now, Wesley Hansel was known to work in this area around the time of her disappearance and up until he was arrested on the 21st of March. I really don't think it was a purpose murder. I think it was... Maybe that place was a drug house. Maybe he went and sold heroin there. Maybe she was there. Personally, obviously, she died of a heroin overdose. Whether it was on purpose, which everybody could deny, but nobody can say for sure what somebody themselves is going through. Uh, personally, I do not think it was suicide. This girl was young. She was pretty. She had everything to live for. It could have possibly been an accident. There were no signs of a struggle. There were no bruises. There were, from what I understand, and nobody has seen the autopsy but the family. So there's no real even speculation of any kind of sexual assault being involved. So it just leads me to believe that maybe it was an accident. Some people say maybe Wesley Hazel had shot her up with that to actually rape her. And uh, she had actually ended up dying because of the overdose. And then her body was later dumped there. Um, and then it was covered up. But in all honesty, if she's going to die of a heroin overdose that quick, it's going to take a special kind of sick person to still go ahead and go on with the sexual assault after a person had already overdosed. 
unfortunately you never know in this world today but I do think Wesley Hessel was involved unfortunately purely speculation and that is just from the facts that are in front of me and that you have heard uh, I do not think that she did this herself and I do not think that she was a regular user of this drug like I said this is a newer case so there I'm sure there will be more and plenty more information coming up with this in the future and to anybody in Virginia who is listening anybody I tried getting a hold of the Facebook page uh, to no avail nobody messaged me back I wanted some more information it's just a really really sad shame um, I'm glad her family got some closure though and you know they were able to to lay her to rest uh, actually knowing what happened and at the same time it is still kind of a mystery though because they really don't know what happened with that being said i hope you guys enjoyed the episode and i'm sure i'll be getting lots of comments on this one and you know give me your thoughts give me your theories if you heard anything i didn't or saw or read anything that i didn't please let me know um i would love to hear them until uh, next week i will see you folks on the flip side